Okay, you want to start? I thought we already started. I thought you were talking about. I thought you were talking about LuLaRoe. Okay, but I have to actually, like, you know. Hi, my name's Cash. Welcome to the Auto Parent Podcast with my mom. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Auto Parent Podcast, episode thirty-nine, um, which I think we should call the Foundry Foxes Swim Team. I like it. Or the Foundry Flounders. Foundry Flounders. The Flounders. <laughs> um, the that Flounders. Uh, the Flounders. The Floundry. Okay, if this is any indication already of how this episode is going to go, you're in for a treat. Um, I'm your host, Pastor Casey, and you know me, so let's get to our special guest for this episode. Our special guest is Kaylin Rutledge. She is my Foundry Fox, the B to my S the booty to my bread, and the Tar Heel to my blue devil. Kaylin is a professional communicator and lifelong student of the art of communicating, originally from Pinehurst, North Carolina, and spent her college and postgraduate years in a place that shall not be named <clears throat> Chapel Hill. Um she worked remotely as a communication specialist with the Office of Human Resources at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. <laughs> a proud Tar Heel. Uh, I can't, I can't, I literally can't <laughs> say it without fake vomiting. Um, <laughs> she has a Bachelor of Arts in Journalism and Mass Communication with public relations focus, as well as a Master of Arts in Technology and Communication from the bad place before joining the bad place <laughs> in human resources. She worked in cancer research and fundraising. The list goes on and on. And clearly you can tell she's just an absolute badass. And it's just unfortunate where she chose to go to college. And now Kaylin is the director of digital engagement at Foundry. And she is a mom to Harper who is two years old and freaking adorable and amazing. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Happy to be here. We are recording this in our pajamas at 10.45 p.m. on a Tuesday because this is how we do things. We're just setting the scene. <laughs> Le- leopard print robe and all. Yeah. Um, I'm actually like cuddled up in bed too. It's kind of nice. The only way to podcast. Well, it would only be better if I had like a glass of wine in my hand, but I don't. So there's that. I also have to wake up super early and get on a plane. So trying not to do that with a wine hangover. Wise. Wine giver. That also doesn't work. How would you say <laughs> how would you say wine hangover together? Uh, a wine wine over? A wine over? Uh, a wine. I just call it Monday. Fair, fair point. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to ask you some special guest questions. Bring These it. questions we ask everybody on the podcast. So I want to know what your biggest pet peeve is. Oh. Where to begin? I have so many. <laughs> okay, I'll give you one. I'll give you one that maybe others haven't said. I mean, of course, I hate when people talk with their mouth open and are, you know, rude to waiters, but I really, really dislike when people use OCD or bipolar or something like that as an adjective. Oh, like, oh my God. Like when someone says, oh, like 
my, my closet's so organized. I'm so OCD about it. Oh man. Pet peeve. Yeah. Like, no, like that's like, like oh. an illness. Right. Or like, or like, if you're saying like, oh, you know, she's, you know, she's having, she had a great day and then she had a bad day. She's so bipolar sometimes like, no, nah, we got to remove that from, you know yeah. what I mean? Like that is a pet poof of mine. Yeah. Don't that is it, so folks. interesting. I think that has always bothered me, but um, I'm, I don't think I've ever said it, but I had like diagnosed OCD when I was younger. Like there was a, there was a demon kid under my bed. This is real. That would tell me to do things a certain amount of times. Like this actually happened in my life. Not the yeah, demon and, like, part. It's... <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. But was... I mean, like, you know, obsessions and compulsions, like it's an awful disease to live with. And so it was like, you know, bipolar or all these things that, you know, we we can throw into our everyday you know language and make light of and that that stuff drives me cray cray yeah here i am proving my own points hear what i just said that yes, drives I did me cray-cray. hear what you just said yeah that's right so you know it, i'm even aware of myself doing it and i it's, I, it's a peeve when i do it too so you know always working on you know language and and all that. So I think, you know, when we're not careful with our language, we can sometimes really hurt people. And I think people, you know, use mental health lightly. It can, you know, not cool, man. Yes. Agreed. Also very communicatory of you. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So I want to know, this is intended to be like a hard question, but I want to know like either a recent time that you have laughed really, really hard or bonus points. If you can tell me the hardest time that you've ever laughed in your life and it does not have to be a good story. Okay. There's no way I'm going to be able to recall the hardest time I've ever laughed in my life. And if I could, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it needs to be like on the record, you know? (laughs) So, (laughs) okay. But all right. You were there for this. So the hardest I've laughed recently, and you know what? I might've laughed harder retelling it some of the times, multiple. And that was when we were at our staff retreat. Okay. And I'll set the scene for the the listeners. We're at the staff retreat. It's the Foundry Church staff. There's like 12 of us. And we're in like rural Maryland. like In a swamp. Marsh. Yeah, swamp. (laughs) Right? Is it whatever? It's it's like a wetland of some kind, and it's whatever. We're off the beaten path. We're getting some work done. Well, I bring my family because I thought everyone was. <laughs> it's just me that brought my family, and um, my daughter Harper was like I don't know, somewhere between a year and a half and two, and she she's been going through this phase and still kind of is where she just like takes her diaper off. And like, doesn't tell anybody. So she was kind of had a little bit of free reign of the little cabin or whatever, where we were, you know, all staying as a staff. By the way, I I had been on the staff for like a month at this point. Okay. Right. So I've been on the staff for a month. I'm kind of like shy, you know, and this was kind of diving in pretty head first here going on this, like out of town 
home sharing situation. And I'm like, okay. So, um, Harper runs into the kitchen and, um, is just standing in the kitchen and one of our pastors, pastor Ben, who's like, can be kind of a serious fellow sometimes, you know, standing at the, standing at the sink. And she just, she just is looking right at him and she just has a number two, just roll across the floor. And, um, (laughs) he just kind of looks at it and looks at me and I'm so mortified. I was so embarrassed, (laughs) so mortified. And like, I was looking around for like a napkin or something and I couldn't find a napkin. And so the, uh, what I did see was a bag of chips and I grabbed, I grabbed two chips and like, uh, this might be TMI and I used the chips like little tongs. (laughs) And I like picked it up and I like ran to the gar- the garbage as fast as I can. And um, yeah, <laughs> after I got over the initial dying of embarrassment and I went outside and told our boss <laughs> <laughs> what happened, retelling it to her and seeing her laugh made me laugh. Of course. Really hard. Really, really hard. Um, <laughs> So it was a really great way to kind of break the ice with my new colleagues. And <laughs> it Harper's also couldn't still... have happened to a better like person, like Ben <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> of all of us. Like, I mean, obviously I would have rolled with it, but like, <laughs> like without he was like washing person. dishes and like he didn't even blink. He was just like, Meh. like whatever. Yeah, normal. Yeah. Like it's it is to be expected. And I was like so embarrassed. I mean, my I wish I could have seen my face. It was probably so red. It was yeah. <laughs> my face is burning just t- telling you about it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So good. But like embarrassing things happen to me a lot. And luckily I've learned like on a daily basis. And luckily <laughs> I've learned to laugh about them. Um yeah. So I'm, I, so yeah, I laugh a lot. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I get in very, like very Larry David situations for anyone that watched Curb Your, watches Curb Your Enthusiasm. Like I am Larry David, like just unfortunate. I say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing. Turd rolls across the floor. Like that's just, <laughs> I mean, it's always harmless. <laughs> right. You do but, find yourself you know. in some strange predicaments though. I do. I so do. That was a good one. I'm literally crying over here. Okay, well, now it's time for a segment called Parenting Fails, Confessions, and Wins. Nice little segue. <laughs> I have a uh, parenting fail just right up top. I just really don't pay a whole lot of attention to what my kids eat in the morning. Like, I just really don't. Like, Cash gets breakfast at school, which is great. But Riggs just kind of like... I don't know. He just wanders around and like rules the house and gets whatever he wants. So Mm -hmm. this morning he came up and handed me a bag of like shark gummies, which he's like obsessed with these shark gummies, but they're not like, they're not even like the kind that are like pretending to be healthy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like they're not even the Mott's kind that are like shaped as vegetables. Like these are the kind that are like actual candy gummy sharks. (laughs) Like, yeah, he's obsessed with them. So he comes in, and hands me a fresh bag. And I was like, oh, this must be the bag we got him, even though I didn't go get the bag. So I was like, oh, surely there's only one of them. And I opened it and um, 
Greg got home this afternoon and was like, did you, did you give Rick's that bag of gummy sharps? And I was like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And he was like, it was on the counter, I think, but that was his second bag. He's already eaten one whole bag of gummy sharks. (laughs) And I was like, so he still doesn't know. Greg still doesn't know that I opened it because I was just like hardcore. Like, no, I didn't give him those gummy sharks, even though. I was not paying a lick of attention. And I just, he just came up and said, mommy, we open this. And in between his little, his little tiny blonde curls and his cute, adorable little face, I was just like, sure. And I opened yeah, no it questions. and gave it to him. No and questions I think that's asked. what my child ate for breakfast. <laughs> Mine had popsicles. So like solidarity. Yeah. Solidarity. Popsicles. <laughs> Multiple. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so do you have a parenting fail? Like, yeah, like you want my most recent one, or like, or that'd be great. <laughs> let me like, <laughs> let me like, I'm I'm opening up the big book and I'm like turning to the end. Like, Phew. okay, all right. So tonight, <laughs> literally like what three hours ago, I you know Harper was doing the the riggins and was just you know going about her her kingdom in here and um, <laughs> just surveying her you know her her vast kingdom of 900 square feet and (laughs) and I'm like wow like something smells good like it smells clean um you know Jonathan my husband Jonathan must have cleaned today like or done laundry or something and I I go in the bedroom and Harper uh has a a bottle of counter cleaning spray and it's Mm -hmm. just like Spraying everything. I mean everything. Like my pillows, my duvet, the television, like the art on the walls, opening up the dresser drawer, spraying in there. So um everything I own as of like, you know, seven o'clock tonight smells like Chip and Joanna Gaines, Magnolia Home for Target. This is not an ad. That smell will be forever probably lingering on me for the rest of my life she was also spraying it like on herself so like I gave her a bath and like she still kind of smells like it so yeah that's my that's my that's like luckily it I think it, it's made with it's made with essential oils I think totally safe. she's so clean she's so clean not a pyramid scheme yeah I mean she was like sitting there like oh my gosh there's no telling where it's been sprayed that I don't even know about like I need to be careful it's like it's like the smell equivalent of glitter yeah yeah you know glitter like never truly goes away ever right just it just goes somewhere else in your home (laughs) or on your person (laughs) next question Okay, this is your <laughs> podcast. I'm just living in it. <laughs> so now we're going to do confessions. And I realized this confession a couple of days ago. And I was like, oh my God, I have to share this on the podcast. So I thought, who better on the podcast to share this with than you? I realized a couple of days ago that my kid can read, like Cash can read pretty proficiently. And I didn't teach him that. Wow. Who's been like secretly sneaking in your house at night and teaching your kid to read? Well, here's the confession. I swear, I think he learned like playing video games. Huh. 
because there were words on the screen. Yeah. And and he did have to occasionally, like, he would be like, hey, mom, like, I need to spell this or uh, what does this say or whatever. And then also, like, talk to text on his iPod. So he can, like, text my grandparents and my mom. And so he'll, like, talk to text. But then he has to read what they say, right? So I swear I think this kid taught himself to read. <laughs> well, there you go. So that's Hopefully it'll be as easy for mine. Well, that's I mean, a good, com- that's not a confession. That's like, my child is so smart. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's, to me, it feels like absolute neglect. I mean, oh, yeah. I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome. I got lucky for sure. Like, I, I don't think I'm going to, that's not going to fly with rigs. Your kids are just amazing. They are pretty amazing. Okay. I have a confession then. Okay, go for it. So I realized the other night I was <laughs> giving Harper a bath. So it's usually my husband's thing. Like it's their special thing. They do bath time and they listen to a different musician every bath, which is kind of neat because they'll do like a little, you know, little uh, highlights of each of each one. You know, every now and then over the last few weeks, he'll get, you know, we won't get home from work until late. And so I'll do the bath. So I'm only, you know, I'm not the usual bath giver. All of this to say, my daughter will be two in a week. I've probably personally washed her hair five times. (laughs) 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 Like it gets cleaned because like Jonathan washes, like he gives her bath and does the shampoo and conditioner and the whole nine yards. I feel like I'm like really good at like all parent things, except I don't know how to wash my kid's hair. Mm without getting water in her like you know what I mean oh yeah that's a pain I can do some really complicated kid stuff you know yeah but I can't figure out how to wash my kids hair and I can't admit it now two years in yeah so I gotta I'm not gonna just lie to you, coast I with <laughs> rigs because he's always had this like ridiculously curly hair for no reason like I don't get it Greg is bald and I'm half bald, so I don't understand like where this. And his hair, hair is thick too. Is it got thick, curly, beautiful mm-hmm. hair? I got so irritated with it last, not this past summer, but the summer before, that I literally looked at Greg and I was like, "Either you are going to get these tangles out every day, or I'm, I'm cutting his hair. Like I'm cutting it because I can't. I don't know how to do it. Like I can't. Like I was not given." kids that need long hair was not given that so I don't know what I don't know what's happening (laughs) so anyway I was like I threatened him and I was like you're either gonna do this or I'm cutting it and then I cut it off and then I fully expected like I mourned it and everything I fully expected his curls to go away and they did not so guess who is a year and a half later combing out curls all over again Mm -hmm. they came back with a vengeance too I know they came back thicker so now is my favorite part of the podcast and we're going to talk about parenting wins my parenting win is last week I think it was last week yeah it was last week we were trying to figure out like something we could do as a family that was kind of social distance because we were at the end of our quarantine and weren't really allowed to go anywhere so we're like what can we do And I was like, oh my gosh, we should go to Shenandoah, the national park. 
And so we drove a couple hours in the car. We went to Shenandoah. We like got out and hiked and whatever, and like didn't see a person the entire time. The boys had a blast and it was super, super fun. So it was a win in my book. Oh no, I want to go be outside. Right? It was so, it was so nice. It was also like 70 degrees that day. Oh. Yeah. That's the only time to be outside. Yeah. No. I mean, (laughs) it's still a little too hot for me, if I'm being honest. Like, give me 50 and below, but like. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. 100%. You're an Arctic foundry fox. I am an Arctic foundry fox. Mm -hmm. Foundry fox. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Do you have a win? You know, my win is simple, but I have a pandemic child, right? So Harper, you know, first of all, she's lived in three states. She's not even two. And in all three has been pretty limited on, you know, her exposure to other kids and her exposure to other people. And, and, you know, she's kind of been kind of shy and she doesn't really talk to people. And this weekend it's, she just, she just blossomed. And, um, (laughs) <laughs> I feel like like my great aunt. She, she just blossomed. I just knew she would just blossom. <laughs> and she like at this like we'll be at Whole Foods and she'll you know we're leaving and she'll wave and say bye bye. And oh, so cute. Just you know to go you know she'll say hi when she sees people and you know she oh. just to go from not even super comfortable really even you know she kind of. She would give people kind of weird looks sometimes. Like, I don't know you. Why are you looking at me? Um, <laughs> so she, yeah, just to see her kind of come out of her shell has been super comforting for me. It alleviated a little guilt, honestly. Yeah. When I definitely. saw her being social. So that was a win. That is such Maybe a win. Remove a little parent guilt, you know? Yes. Kick rocks. That's what we say around here. Kick the rocks, parent guilt. Yeah kick them yeah this has been a segment called parenting fails confessions and wins you can submit your own fcws to the podcast you can do so via voice memo we can take that voice memo and plug you right into the podcast it's like you'll be here or you can type them out to us on instagram or twitter at auto parent and now it's time to do a little something different wanted to get real and I wanted to get real by asking you some more in-depth questions about your journey, about like your life as a communicator and all of those things. So are you ready? Ready as I'm ever going to be. I feel like I'm on a wait, wait, don't tell me or something. I was going to say, I kind of sounded like a pirate when I was like, are you ready? I can't hear you. Oh, just a couple of millennials. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) okay. Till I die. Um, so the first question is who are some of your biggest inspirations, dear one? Oh, 
That's a, that's a big one. That's a big question. Female journalists, journalists in general. I just read this book by Clarissa Ward, who is a journalist who does a lot of overseas work, uh, especially in the Middle East. She was one of the people that was doing a lot of the on the ground reporting uh, in Afghanistan. Um, she just came out with a book like maybe a year ago-ish called On All Fronts. Highly recommend and it just kind of makes you appreciate what these people go through so that we can know what's going on in the world. So I'm super inspired by people like like her who, you know, put a lot on the line to do hard things, uh, hard, necessary things. She's also, you know, a mom uh, like us and uh, with a little one like us and, you know, is mm-hmm. leaves and go over to goes over to you know, Afghanistan, where all, you know, all these really hard, scary things are happening, but does it because it's necessary for all of us. I'm inspired by all the people that I see doing the hard, necessary things right now. The, you know, the Simone Biles, Allie Raismans, yeah, who do the really scary, hard things, but so that our children hopefully have to do less scary, hard things. Yeah. Those are my people. That's a good word. That's a good word. (laughs) That was kind of heavy. So I'm going to lighten it up just a bit. Tell everyone who your best social media follow is at the moment. Okay. I am obsessed with this woman on Instagram named Sharon McMahon. And I know that you're probably making a funny face because I talk about Sharon McMahon to you all the time. (laughs) at Sharon says so okay and she the reason why she is so great and everyone go follow her right now is because she teaches like government concepts like politics to grown-ups in like a really simple nonpartisan way that is just so intriguing and makes you realize that like or makes me realize I don't know as much about things as I thought I knew Mm. and I need more of that in my life. She encourages you to ask why she encourages you to stop and think, Hmm, why did that person say that the way they said that? Or why did, why is the headline written that way? You know, she has a really cute acronym lift L I F T that stands for like, I'm five. Thanks. So someone would be (laughs) like, someone would be like, explain the electoral college lift and it's like you know (laughs) yeah like make it easy for me lift um so I like tried to integrate that into my everyday life because I really do think that some of our the greatest most powerful things we can do is to take something heavy or something complicated or something otherwise big on the brain and make it digestible for people yeah Um, I mean that's something that you do Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Not that I do it, but that we all do it all the time. This is what we do with our kids, or at least what we're attempting to do all the time. Um, And to your point, like, we need that also as grownups from time to time. And like, what a great posture to just say, I really don't know all of the answers to this. Right? I don't really know the extent of this. I don't know the context. I don't like, I don't know is like the most powerful phrase we have and probably Mm. the one that we use the least. So 
don't and let's follow. celebrate that. Yeah. Let's celebrate yes. not let's celebrate not knowing. Let's celebrate wanting to know. Let's celebrate changing our mind when we have more information. That's oh, awesome. Yes. You know what I'm guilty of? I'm guilty of in certain social situations because I'm introverted and also like don't have time for a lot of like personal stuff. <laughs> like I don't feel a lot of things a lot of the time and whatever. Anyway, sometimes somebody will say something that I'm not actually familiar with and I just kind of go along with it instead of like, it's not like they're asking me, Hey, are you familiar with this? But it's like, they don't even stop to ask. They just continue talking about the thing and I'm supposed to know what the thing is. And I'm just like, Oh, haha, Yeah. And like, I use my like social cues to know when to laugh and stuff. And then I'm like, I'm exhausted when it's over with. Cause I'm like, I didn't know what you were talking about. I was having to read your face and your like movements the entire time you were talking. And like, I'm exhausted from this personal interaction that could not have just it like should not have happened because you know, it would have been great. If you had said, hey, do you ever watch this show, blah, blah, blah? And I could have been like, no, never seen it. And then you know what would have happened? We would have walked right past each other and moved on with our days. But no, this whole thing happened. (laughs) You wouldn't have been like referencing this like, you know, minor character from season five that I've never heard of. Yeah. Who just assumes somebody else watches the TV show? Yeah, surely. And don't assume that I've heard this new album. I'm 30 now. I can't oh, right. keep up. You know, yeah. I just got TikTok. And <laughs> like, don't assume I know the trend on TikTok. I probably don't. <laughs> but I might pretend like I know what you're talking about. Because, yeah, it makes it sometimes just makes it easier. I mean, see, this is the thing. Because of the nature of the work that I do, I know about every trend on TikTok. But don't talk to me about your, like, middle-aged TV show. Like, I can't. I don't even know. I don't even know. But I do know what the D'Amelio family is up to on TikTok. I can assure you of that. I uh, have one follower on TikTok. It's probably you. Um, Wait, am I following you on TikTok? Hold, please. Well, maybe I'll have... Sounds like I might have two in my future. Yeah. I don't, I didn't know you had a TikTok. I just send you TikToks, but now I can see. Well, I'm kind of a TikTok lurker. Like I just, I don't post, I've never posted. such a lurker. I know. I got to get the lay of the land first, you know? I've started kind of posting things and the youth are making fun of me, but I don't care. Shout out your TikTok username and we can get you some more followers. And I'll shout out mine. My TikTok username is at RevKCVC. It's the same thing for my Twitter and my Instagram, if you want to hit the follow button there. And I'm, like I said, I'm starting to make more TikToks. So we'll see what happens. Well, I'm not making more TikToks probably, but (laughs) you can follow me on TikTok at KK Rutledge or on Instagram where I actually do post things. KK Rutledge. Oh yeah. KK Rutledge's Instagram is fire. Respect for the pod. I love it. Okay. So next question What kinds of things are important when you think about branding? And I'm asking you this question because there are some of our listeners who have just recently started new businesses. There are some who are in the branding business. And I would just be interested because I've heard you talk about this before and it's like listening to an expert. So I want to know what kinds of things you need to think about what's important when thinking about branding. And also you just led Foundry through a whole new rebrand. 
So I don't, I don't want to sure did. Yeah. I don't want to skip over that because it was a huge feat. So share your wisdom. So I think a misconception that a lot of people have about branding is it's your, it's just your, your logo and your fonts and your colors and how you refer to yourself and, and things like that. But what really makes a brand are those little things, you know, what you say to people when they walk in the door, what stamps do you use on your envelopes? What's your paperweight feel like? You know, it's, it's all these little things. Like, I don't think that you have the store Lowe's foods up here, but in my little hometown in North Carolina, we have this little grocery store named Lowe's foods that went under, went under this great rebrand. And it's like, everything is a farmer's market. What makes it a brand isn't that they chose this great font and they chose these earthy colors that represent vegetables and reminds you of a cute little farmer. What makes it a brand is that the little comment cards you drop into a little mailbox. They have dog treats. They walk your cart out to your car for you. I mean, that's what makes a brand. It's not just your logos and your fonts and your, and your colors. It's um, how you do anything is how you do everything. That's branding. Yeah. It sounds like you're talking about culture and a shift in an understanding of what a good, healthy culture looks like. Absolutely. Particularly like in the service industry too. Like I remember I did corporate accounting for a hot minute because why not? And I worked for <laughs> the Kroger Corporation, which also owns Harris Harry Teeter. Teet. Yeah, buddy. Which I call Kamala time. Harris Teeter, but yeah. I call it Harry Teets because why wouldn't <laughs> you call it Harry Teets? Or anyway, just the Teet uh-huh. for short, yeah. <laughs> Harris Teeter, Ralph's, a whole bunch of grocery stores across the country. Anyway, I remember the culture was not super great everywhere, but like I did have a sense of, ownership of what was going on. Like it mattered to me, a corporate accounting Mm -hmm. employee, what was happening in the store. And for that kind of culture to exist in a, you know, multi-billion dollar company, like it says something for sure. So I think that's, that's so important that you, and that's branding. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like how you treat your, you know, the onboarding process. That's part of your brand. I mean, every touch point you have with any stakeholder, whether it's a customer, an employee, that's branding. And I, you know, I think that that's where you win or lose. You can have the prettiest logo in the world. And if your employees don't truly want to treat, you know, your customers right because they're unhappy, well, you got a crappy brand. (laughs) This, okay. So speaking of grocery stores, which is apparently all we're going to talk about on this podcast, this is like the grocery store. I love grocery stores. I do too. I do too. And Trader Joe's is Mm. kind of what you're talking about. Trader Joe's is absolutely known for their customer service. Like absolutely known. They also did this really funky thing with their logo and branding on their products, particularly the ones that were international foods they started to change it. So it was like, instead of Trader Joe for like Asian or any, any kind of like Asian fusion type thing, it was like Trader Ming. Oh, I see. And then then it would be like Trader Giotto on the Italian. Yes. yes. And so there were 
I mean, they got into a little bit of hot water for it because people were like, why are you doing like this? There's just no need for this. Why are you doing this? And so those things started to like fall away. But what Trader Joe's had actually created was this culture that was just undeniable. And so the branding and stuff, like the logos and the words and the whatever, like they were able to sort of come out of that and come through that because they had created a culture that was essentially just undeniable with their, with their service. And like good things happen at Trader Joe's. Like that's the brand they've created. Like, yeah, you go to Trader Joe's for fun. Yeah. You know, I was in Trader Joe's one time in Nebraska and Harper was probably like six months old. And I probably was looking a little raggedy this day. It was probably middle of winter and it was probably like negative 50 degrees below zero or something. And this mom and her daughter were in the store at the cash register next to me. And at, we were checking out at the same time. And afterwards, this little girl, she's probably like, she's probably Riggins age. And she, and she walks up to me and she hands me a thing of a bouquet of flowers. Mm-hmm. And she says, we just wanted to make your day. Oh, and so good. Did I cry in the middle of Trader Joe's? Yes, I did. <laughs> that wouldn't have happened to me at Walmart. No, 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 no. This is so crazy because the exact same thing happened to me, except that it was a Trader somebody, Joe's. Yeah, at Trader Joe's. Um, except it was somebody who works there. I went in there on it was Mother's Day weekend. I don't think it was actually Mother's Day. I think it might have been Saturday. I went in by myself with both kids to do a massive grocery haul. I'm talking like a grocery haul that would last us for with dry goods and stuff the entire month. Like with obviously having to like refresh along the way with fresh goods. You were prepping. But I was prepping because I (laughs) had not been to the grocery store in like months. So anyway, I go in there. I've got two carts. I'm pushing two carts plus both boys. They're kind of running all over the place. The worker is doing all this stuff and then called two people over to bag them. And the worker comes over and talks to the boys and she told me that I could go ahead and pay. So I'm facing the register. She's got both boys behind me and they're picking out flowers to give me. And I turned around and both boys came up to me and they were like, happy mother's day. And they handed me a bouquet of flowers. And when I tell you I was weeping in the line Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then she gave the boys like an insane amount of stickers and then gave them bags to put the stickers on because she was like otherwise if I don't do that they're going to put them on the window of your car and I was like that's hilarious have you seen the window of my car because it has 59 stickers on it (laughs) but it was just everything it was everything and it was such a good experience trader angel that's who that is that's right yeah see that's that's branding like target target's logo if you think about it like isn't super cute it kind of sucks it's just like a circle but like target is many people's happy place and that's That's because of branding and the experience they create so moral of the story is create a place where people can cry happy tears (laughs) yes okay so next question how would you communicate a vision or a mission effectively like what kinds of things are important in that process Finding out what's important to people Mm -hmm. and then using it to light a fire under them, calling, you know, calling to action, right? You're only going to call someone to action if you strike a chord in them, right? So I think a really important first step that a lot of people leave out in the communications process is the research process and knowing your Mm -hmm. audience and, you know, 
reading the room, figuratively speaking, and knowing what it is that's going to strike a chord and the people you're talking to. That's, I mean, that's the most important part. Yeah. I think I forgot the question. No, no, that's like, it seems to me <laughs> that because I've seen you actually do this work, like I've seen you actually do this, like Boundary has a mission and a vision for something. And the way that you communicate it is exactly what you said. And you use all kinds of tools and strategies to get that done. But like appealing to and striking chord with people, meeting them where they are, like mm-hmm. this is this is the work that you do. And it's beautiful and amazing. And I'm so excited that like, even just on this podcast, I'm able to highlight it. And this is just like literally a fraction of what you do. Like the amount of work that you do for Foundry is insane. And I'm just so <laughs> thrilled that I get to like help you tell people what you do because it's so, it's so badass. Well, I'm really lucky to be able to tell the stories of people like you. Y'all give me some good stories. We're gonna get and some good now. and some good people to hopefully, you know, call to action. Yeah. All right. This is the last question. What do you hope the world is like for your daughter? Mm. Equitable, clean, and safe. You know, I, I my favorite memories, some of my favorite memories are as a kid are scuba diving with my dad and being in the ocean. And not to be a Debbie Downer. But, you know, one of my, one of my greatest fears is that my daughter won't have a clean ocean to die. Yeah. So my hope is that this generation that, you know, we see coming up now, they're amazing. They're killing it. And they're going to turn this ship around. She's going to be part of that. Uh, Cash is going to be part of that. Riggins is going to be part of that. Everyone's, you know, who's listening's kids are going to be part of that. And I, I just I hope that she gets paid the same as her her male colleagues. Mm-hmm. I hope that she uh, doesn't have to carry mace on her keychain. Yeah. You know, having a kid is scary. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. you just hope that you just hope that, gosh, this is a long answer. But I just want a happy, safe, equitable world and not like That's- the one that I'm seeing around me right now. Yeah. That's beautiful in a perfect way to end our podcast, I think. Couldn't have said it better myself. This has been amazing. Thank you for having me. What a what a nice little nightcap. Right? This is great. All right. Until next time, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Auto Parent Podcast. We're going to leave you with a parent mantra. Something you can say to yourself or to your partner just to know that you're not alone. Your mantra for this week is I am passionate. I am passionate. Because, friends, if we don't believe that, it's going to be really hard to convince our kids. And remember this you don't have to be an auto parent to be a good one. been your host, Pastor KC. You can follow me on Twitter at RevKCVC. Join us next week, same time, same place.
can find out more information about Foundry United Methodist Church by visiting our website, www.foundryumc.org. If you're specifically looking for information about our Family Ministries Department or our offerings for parents, you can find those at www.foundryumc.org slash familyministries. Shop at Trader Joe's and Target. That is the mantra.